Hello and welcome. You are listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resilience of field workers. From experts in member care to frontline field workers, our guests will bring you their experience, their lessons learned, and always something practical you can take away and use to increase your resiliency in cross-cultural life and ministry. Co-hosts Silas West and Steve Finley are just one part of an ever-growing and strengthening net of member care in the Antioch movement. They want to see Matthew 24, 14 happen and do everything they can to help field workers have the kind of resilience that enables them to make it for the long haul. Well, Dave M., we, we are so thankful to have you today as our guest on Resiliency. And why don't you tell us about yourself or your family and what you do? Well, thanks, Steve Silas. Thank you for inviting me. This is such a treat. Yeah, we have a variety of roles currently. I think the one I'd like to highlight for myself is as a, a field coach, seeking to help Christians love Muslims and to love Muslims with courage and with honor. <laughs> we say specifically seeking because we don't, we're not claiming we're doing it perfectly, but it's a, it's a direction that God is calling our hearts. Courage, because it always takes courage. Yes. And, and honors, we actually learn honor from Muslims. Yes. I think we Americans don't understand it quite in the same way. So among, among other roles, I endeavor to come alongside any, any cross-cultural global workers and help them with such topics as intercultural communication, holistic mission, interfaith dialogue. My incredible wife, Angie, leads a community health education network. It's based on an old Arabic learning style of sitting in a circle for peer growth in the kind of the world of adult learning theory. Mm. We, um, we're blessed to have three dynamic boys, young sons. Someone once told me if you have more than one son, they're like puppies. You'll laugh the rest of your life. <laughs> we do every day. We live in the Mediterranean region, and we love to spend time with people both um, north and south of the Mediterranean. It's wonderful. First 20 or 30 minutes together with you in conversation, you and Silas and I, before this interview, and even in your intro of yourself right now, I can see why a mutual friend of ours describes you as being as buoyantly optimistic as anyone he knows. Just talk to us about that, Dave. It's, it's 2020 was a very, very difficult year that could lead to a lot of pessimism and stuff. But just, just why don't you just ooze a little bit of that buoyant optimism on us? <laughs> well, that is very, very kind. You should meet my wife. I am a pessimist compared to her. <laughs> I think I can be optimistic when I look at others. When I look at someone, I see a creation of God. I see other people as absolutely incredible with near limitless potential because of the goodness of God. I see people as individuals, each created in the image of God and called forth to co-create a future with that God of goodness and hope. Uh, life does not always work out as we expect. Oftentimes it's very different than what we thought or wanted. But when we lean into Jesus, that allows us to lean into hope. And, and reasonable, rational hope, the kind we have in a good Jesus, brings optimism. So getting to coach people has unleashed an optimism in me because I see the Holy Spirit at work in them and I see what they're able to create. And I see them able to face obstacles uh, and remember that they've overcome things, leaning into God's will, God's grace, God's power in them. And 
it seems like the future because of him is, is good. Wow. So at a recent uh, gathering of team leaders, uh, Dave, you, you shared on the topic of finding transformation in times of isolation. So I could, I could say what prompted you to that, but it's probably pretty obvious that it has to do in some part, at least to, to the COVID scenario that we all find ourselves in. But what, what initiated that uh, for you to, to share on that topic? You're absolutely right. It, it came from the effects of this pandemic. To be honest, the leadership uh, of, of my group invited me to consider the topic, and I'm very, very thankful for that. It helped me clarify my own uh, need, my own thinking, and a global pastoral need for our people. We had never before seen the rate of isolation for field teams like we had seen in 2020. Uh, at, at one point, up to a third of our people had to be a, away from the location where they wanted to live among a people and serve and love that people. Uh, everyone experienced isolation. Some people had teams that were dispersed, living in different countries, even though they were trying to live in the same neighborhood. Others had to be um, had to evacuate where they were living because of barriers and borders locking down. And still others, we saw the need because they were literally locked in an apartment. And so they had gone thousands of miles and learned a language and then were sitting in an apartment, unable to just be with people. So in many ways, we saw isolation uh, come up. I had uh, thought about that and seen the impact. Uh, we mutually discussed the real need for a different mental model to be able to respond better to this isolation. So we wanted to create space, not really to teach, there was some teaching, but to, to process and have everyone consider well, how am I thinking about isolation and how, el how differently could I think about it? What does God think about it? What is God doing in my long-term journey in my life? I can hear our listeners right now saying, oh, what were those processing questions? How can I, I'm still there, you know? <laughs> some of the main okay. tools that we could talk about right now have to do with your narrative. We, we humans are meaning-making creatures. Uh, we, we derive meaning. We live in a flow of meaning. We're constantly interpreting from our experiences around us. And what happened in the pandemic, from what I could see, and isol the isolation that resulted from it, is that our normals got jumbled. And we weren't able to rely on the, the safety of predictability. So we started building up a narrative. And for many of us, that narrative is unprocessed, unarticulated, and unknown. It's flowing be beneath the conscious surface of our daily thought. Uh, you could even look at that on a neurobiological level. But to articulate that was so helpful for me and for others. Because some of us had the narrative like, I started 2020 with these ministry plans. I believed God had given me some goals to go for. And then this pandemic came and uh, the government shut down the borders. I was locked in my apartment. I couldn't be with people. And so the health authorities are to blame and I became passive and I gave up. Hmm. And we don't even realize that's the narrative that we're telling ourselves. It's not worth trying. I won't do any good. I don't know where God is in all this. And I'm just going to sit here passively waiting. Articulating that is the single most helpful first step. 
uh, being emotionally mm-hmm. honest with ourselves. So all the tools uh, are centered around um, that emotional honesty, bringing it to Jesus, and then starting to self-coach. Um, be happy to run through some of those questions now if you'd like, or, uh, or move on uh, as you guys see fit. You're so wetting our appetite. How could we not have, have a few of them right now? Well, I, I look at this. There's so many tools you could use. The, the key aspects of a helpful tool for a season of isolation is whether it tends to your emotions, helps you articulate your assumptions, and helps you move forward. And so we're looking for lives of authenticity, awareness, and agency. For authenticity, being honest, ruthlessly honest with yourself, with God, and with your team. We don't need a tool. We need the permission to yell at God. <laughs> um, that's where I think our spiritual maturity starts. Um, Growing in emotional awareness, uh, the various uh, emotional maps uh, that you can find online have been very helpful for increasing your vocabulary. And even on a daily basis, we, we printed one out and put it on our kitchen wall. We have our photographs with sticky tack and every day, everyone in our family can move their photograph to say, this is how I'm feeling today. So over time, we've increased our vocabulary, which allows us to have a more precise articulation of our momentary and long-term emotional regulation strategies. I think um, also an authenticity is social connection. We, we needed to, it, it needed to, let me start that again. In the pandemic, we lost our community. And so it took more effort to sow into authentic community, but our community keeps us real. And uh, anything along the way uh, from Zoom meetings to my, my brother just set up the family on something called gather at gather.town, which is a different way of meeting online to just have maintain that community um, and have that realness back and forth in uh, awareness. The practice of Sabbath has been very helpful for our family. We've been increasing our Sabbath uh, habits for about two years now. We started very small with just a one thing on a Sunday, and then we increased it once that became a habit and increased it once that became a habit. And a couple of years later, we now have this really robust family habit of no technology, of time together and worship and community, of a wonderful, large, uh, enjoyable, long meal together, of board games and prayers. And that has restored our soul even throughout 2020. That's beautiful seems we've almost had an emphasis on on Sabbath uh, through some of our recent guests. So I really, we, we value you inserting that uh, into this conversation too, Dave. Anything else on those, on those lines? Uh, I think self-coaching is a tool that all of us can practice. I, I started talking to myself walking back. I, I am a coach and I love to coach others. And one day it occurred to me, I wonder if I could coach myself if I don't have someone else right now. It may sound a little odd, but think <laughs> about what coaching does. Uh, part of it's prophetic. So we see in Psalm 42, why, oh, my soul, are you downcast? Put your hope in God. Oh, yeah, praise him. Part of speaking to yourself um, is really necessary in isolation. Speaking scripture over yourself, preaching the gospel to yourself. Another is the time to journal open-ended questions. I call this self-coaching sit down and say, what am I focusing on? What did I actually do today? And is that, do I even know what I did? 
did with my time today? Are those the kinds of things I want to be about? Um, having some kindness. Uh, Andrew Peterson has this song that says, be kind to yourself. And I just love it because sometimes we are gentler with others than ourselves. And what would we say to someone else in that same situation can come into self-coaching? If you step back and, and you say, okay, if someone else was where I am with these circumstances that changed, um, what is still possible? What would they could, what could they do? And, and you can unlock creativity and you can unlock new insights. Uh, also within that is just the perspective of uh, Bobby Clinton is a retired professor of Fuller uh, in California. He talks about leadership development, isolation processing. He says another key tool is to put your life in perspective. We Americans are so short-sighted and we often are processing only the very day or week or season we're in, mm -hmm. which is great. But if you can get perspective and say, God, what are you doing over my lifetime? What, where are you at work in me? How, how could I reframe my thinking to, to see your hand at work now in preparation for future fruit and ministry? Yeah. And it increases hope for what we have to uh, deal with um, in our current circumstances. Mm. Dave, you've already alluded to some of these in, in what you just shared, but how have you seen God transform you or, or even others during this time of increased isolation? Well, yeah, that is a great question. I, I think I mentioned narrative before. I, th I think one of the greatest transformations was in the area of paying attention to the narrative I'm telling myself. Um, we don't know mm -hmm. often the meaning that we are deriving from our current experience. And you guys know on an immediate and biological level, part of our brain is constantly assessing our surroundings through the triage of what's beneficial, what's neutral, what's harmful to me. But on a more long-term level, I'm convinced we are assessing seasons of life or experiences or situations. We place those in a narrative context. So I've, I've really tried to grow in knowing the narrative I'm telling myself saying, do I approve of that? What, what does scripture say to that? What could God say? One area I was transformed mm -hmm. was uh, from a book called Renovated, shifting from thinking about God to thinking with God. And it's that idea of sitting and bringing and inviting Jesus into your thoughts about anything in your life. This is pretty basic. Many of us have, have learned it, but I had to relearn it and, and many others might need to as well. What is it to think with Jesus? about areas in your life. And you start to see, I have been embracing the certain narrative that needs to change. Mm -hmm. Another part of my transformation, perhaps others will find this too, is letting a greater willingness to let go of identity idols, like being the guy who can achieve so much in ministry. Or, uh, we place our identity sometimes too much in what we can get done. Um, we're so focused on productivity and learning to find my identity more as the child of God and letting ministry flow out of being, not doing, was a big part of 2020 for me. Yeah, our mutual friend mentioned that this concept of, of this idea of hidden opportunities, it sounds like you're already touching on that. But uh, what, you know, what would you like to say about uh, this idea of hidden opportunities, Dave? I love that term. It's, it's like there's treasures hidden out there. And if you could look at the treasures and look for the treasures, it transforms you. Um, 
what we choose to pay attention to really creates the, the me. What I choose to pay attention to creates the me of tomorrow. And looking for opportunities rather than dwelling on obstacles is so important. With the caveat that we, we want to lament well, I think as Jesus followers, we want to give each other permission to lament well, to sit and cry together, to acknowledge the difficulties of isolation, of just a, a long-term ministry, long-term living overseas, weep with one another of this year, but don't stop there. You know, moving on to say, okay, let's encourage each other after we have consulted and lamented together in community. What is now possible? What is now new? What is now, uh, what could I go for? And it has to do with this idea of, of agency. If you focus on what you can't do, you will inevitably lose hope. Mm -hmm. But if you dwell on what can I do, even if it's not everything I thought I could do, uh, your perspective will change. I, I, I think I've mentioned productivity before. I think that's an American value. It's linked to success and efficiency, and it's, it's natural. We've built our culture and society around these values. It's the message from our youth that our worth and identity are tied to productivity. Mm -hmm. Yet this year has offered us a pause. That's a hidden opportunity. By disrupting our rhythms of rest and work, if we had been resting at all, uh, we, were, we were really denied the, opportunity, the ability this year to keep finding our worth and identity in what we do. I think God is calling the church to pause. Yeah, Consider first, what does it mean to minister out of being, not doing? So what are some tools that help us to respond to, or even to recognize these hidden opportunities or to respond to what God's doing in our lives through this experience of the pandemic? Well, going back to that authenticity, awareness, and agency, all the tools are going to fit into that. The first is slowing down. Mm. And it can be very hard to slow down even just practicing sitting still for one minute, finding uh, there's a variety of apps that came out this year that help you pause, perhaps have some soaking worship music and focus. Uh, I, have, I have experimented with different things of uh, the Jesus prayer, just breathing the name of Jesus and, and increasing the number of minutes um, that I'm sitting still and dwelling. Uh, I, I've, I've really enjoyed the Daily Examine, which is pretty ancient um, from the 16th century from Ignatius of Loyola, who founded the Society of Jesus Missional Order. That's a five-step uh, process that helps you become aware of God's presence, renew the day with gratitude, pay attention to your emotions, choose one feature of the day, pray from it, and then look towards tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a tool our listeners could look into. Another set of tools um, focuses on that third part of agency. I'd, I'd love to comment on, it really does change our perspective when we spend time thinking about, well, what can I do? What part of this is in my control? And let me, let me focus on that. And I'll release the rest to God, not in a fatalistic way, but putting my confidence in Jesus and then focusing on where he's given me my sphere of influence. So within that, you know, maintaining physical exercise. I, uh, I was really influenced by uh, one of our pastors in Austin who uh, was running a mile a day. And so I committed January 1st of 2020, I'll run a mile a day. I can do that. Yeah. And I, it helped me. It saved me the whole year. I did not miss a single day. Um, and I just wow. think the physical exercise was so helpful. 
uh, we, we, we don't pay enough attention to how holistic we are. In fact, on a family level, I brought my kids along a lot of the time too. That was a hidden opportunity there. Mm. Similarly, maintaining sleep and diet, those things affect us and our social conversations. Another simple coaching tool that has helped me um, is taking a piece of paper and dividing it to four quadrants and writing start, stop, more, and less on it. This is a great coaching tool for any time. But listing, what could I want to start? What should I stop? What do I want to do more of? What do I want to do less of? And the more you write things down on that paper, the more clarity you'll find from which to make choices, even small choices, it doesn't need to be big, uh, will orient your mindset around agency. So helpful. Man, I'm, I'm going back to listen to this once we release it and uh, take note. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you. It's fun to, to dwell on what, what is God doing? I mean, let's just, let's pause and think for a second. What God is shaking the heavens and the earth. 2020 was not a year that any of us had experienced anything like before. Mm-hmm. And things are changing. Ministry structures are changing. We're seeing um, increased use of technology across uh, various parts of the globe where, where people were hesitant before. We're seeing networking. I'm seeing increased partnership among various organizations, uh, increased humility uh, just to be about Jesus and not about our, our group's name. Yes. It, it's exciting looking forward uh, if we can keep our eyes on a good God who is at work. Yes. Yeah. Praise Jesus for all those things you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Dave, as a counselor, I talk with a lot of people who are dealing with despair, discouragement, depression. And a lot of it has to do with some of this, this isolation. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I, I think I already know your answer, but do, would you say that these practices that you've been mentioning would help minimize the despair and the discouragement that a lot of people are facing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Daily practices are so important. Uh, whatever practice you choose will help you guide your spiritual formation and that will minimize despair and discouragement. Mm. And perhaps even more than minimize them, these practices will help us process such emotions. I think we need to be mm-hmm. balancing between being real with our emotions for what they are and for our discipleship to be robust. Um, and, then, and then putting ourselves in an environment where the environment will change them. Uh, Dallas Willard talks about your willpower is actually far weaker than Western philosophy allows. And the best thing you can do with your willpower is to direct yourself into an environment and an experience where the environment and experience will begin to have an impact on you. You can't, you know, change your emotions or your character by choice and willpower. So these practices set up an environment that is bound to have an impact on you over the time. It's interesting how even the wording, the, the wording of my question uh, indicates a little bit of my mindset. The minimizing despair, discouragement has more to do with a, a success orientation mm-hmm. than with a, an acceptance of being. I I think there is something for the church to learn. the The American church certainly focuses on success, and we have a we don't have enough of a gospel of suffering. Um, some of the things that that we've had to learn this year, parts of of the human population have long held uh, the idea that I don't control my day. 
I don't, uh, I don't have stability and predictability. Enormous swaths of the globe live that way. And, and perhaps this is an invitation to, for identification in ministry as well, that we are better, better able to be the ambassadors of Jesus by having experienced now what the people we're trying to love have to daily experience. Yeah, yeah. One more thing. Well, I mentioned Willard and that triggered me also. I, I, I learned this from him recently, obviously from a book. Um, yeah. Instead of just talking about eternal life, we should also start saying eternal living. Mm. Eternal living reminds us or, or frames it a little bit differently that we're practicing now how to live and walk with Jesus, which is the very thing we'll be doing for eternity. And, and learning to walk with Jesus through eternal living, it certainly takes my mind and in, a, in a direction of how do I go about the things that make up existence and bring Jesus into them, the ordinariness, the dailiness, and learn to do those with Jesus. Because that is, in one sense, uh, what I'll be doing for eternity. And so that, that, that concept of, um, in isolation even, bringing, inviting Jesus into, I'm, I'm bored today. I'm, I've got another day in my apartment. I'd like to get out, but we're still on lockdown. What does that mean? And, um, presenting those emotions and inviting his presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's wonderful. What's on your mind as far as, yeah, if, if everybody would forget everything else, here's what I'd want you to most remember. I'll give you a, a, a nerdy theological answer. I'm giving you three things that are really one. So we'll Trinitarian on you. Uh, three things came to mind here, um, even though you said most important. Start with an honest assessment of how you're really doing. Like, just start there. Don't fake anything. Mm. Lean into community and then begin one practice. Even today, right now, all of our listeners could, could begin one new practice, not five or 10. It's like New Year's resolutions. Rather than saying for the next year, I'm going to do this, why not just say for this week, I'm going to start this practice, and then I'll see you after a week. Yeah. Um, so beginning one practice, leaning into community, but starting with an honest assessment of how we're doing. And I think we can really learn resilience. I think Jesus is for us. He wants us to encourage one another to build up the muscles um, of resilience that we could keep going. We could do more for him, but, but mostly by being more with him. Mm. Mm. Love it. Love that. Well, Dave, we want to just thank you big time for being with us today and sharing your heart. And uh, it was definitely, it was definitely the right thing for us to reach out to you mm -hmm. and ask you to be a part of this with us. So okay. thank you. Oh, my, my pleasure. You've honored me. This is so fun. <laughs> you have so much to give to us, to our listeners. And so we just want to ask you to end uh, by praying a prayer of blessing and impartation over our listeners. I would, I would love to. Well, wherever you are uh, listening to this podcast, let's, let's pause and breathe for a moment. I want you to slowly breathe in, counting to five. Breathe out, slowly counting to five. Jesus is with us. Jesus is here. Jesus is good. 
King Jesus, Lord of the heavens and the earth, you who upended the universe by your life, death, and resurrection, you who control the movement of the stars, we welcome you here to this small yet deep reality of our own experience. And I pray you speak to each of our listeners as they learn to sit at your feet, learning from you. Oh, eternal one, beloved rabbi teacher, I ask you to grace these precious ones with the power to slow down, to embrace transformation, to let go and accept your life for them. Teach us all how to enter into that flow of kingdom life that is always available as you bring all that we do into the life of Jesus. Lord, we're tired, we need you, and we're so thankful that you are eager for us to come to you. Come in the presence of your spirit, help us hear you, fill us with your renewing power, open wide our vision for what you want to do in us, through us in the future. Amen. 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 Thanks again, Dave. Thank you guys. This has been so enjoyable. Blessings. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed the rest of your podcast, by the way, and uh, I'm going to keep listening to all of them. Well, thank, thank, thank you for you. your service for the flock. All right. Take care, bud. Okay. Bye now. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Resiliency. Tune in again in two weeks when we interview long-term field workers Clinton and Amber. New episodes drop on the 1st and 15th of each month. Subscribe to Resiliency on your favorite podcast platform and never miss an episode. We would love to hear from you, so leave your comments on Apple Podcasts or on our Instagram page at Resiliency Podcast. Thank you for listening to Resiliency. Resiliency.